0: That. Go yeah. with that.
1: Go okay. with that. Yeah. No, don't go with that. <laughs> Alright, this is The Swamp. Welcome to The Swamp. This is um, episode number seven, Lucky Seven.
0: Woo-hoo. This is Ross. This is and this is Rui, Rui recovering from a um, a, bi- a big week of Trumpitis like half the world, Russ. Is, will, will the sun come up tomorrow? It it well, the end of the world as we know it. Well, not yet because he hasn't been inaugurated yet. Yes. So that gives us still two months to see whether somebody will actually take him out before we yes, all have this I fate. I think so. Uh, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But look, but, but what a momentous um, occasion. That was certainly… It would at least appear. I mean, like, a, I mean, I mean, I, I. just
1: use back you up. This is obviously the Trump's just been elected president episode, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> because this will go out, you know, in a
1: couple of weeks it's, from now. So, yeah, what now, the hell are they talking about? That's but, what they're talking about.
0: Wow, yeah, now look, it was definitely the, the story of the week was, um, uh, well, on on all counts, what would be an unprecedented campaign? Um, yep. uh, if I understood, it's the first time ever in 250 odd years of American elections that um, we've actually they have actually elected someone that um, has never had a, a, a government seat before or, or, or been in, in officially in politics, which is um, um, yeah pretty extraordinary for someone to come out like that.
1: The word yeah. I'm thinking
0: of is scary, actually, but yeah. Yeah, like, um, so so, I mean, at one level, there's the 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 election of Trump himself and the campaign. I mean, it's obviously been interesting, and um, uh, I, I also don't even remember actually an American election that's generated that much direct interest, certainly in Australia, and from what would appear to be on the media interest right around the world for months on end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought one of the interesting things was that, um, you know, again, for so long, the main media would appear to have written him off as uh, another totally unelectable kook um, yep. uh, who uh, there was no way he could ever be elected to, um, um, to you know, to, to become president, but seemed to have completely misread the mood of the, the, the American electorate. Uh, and I and I think interesting. I mean, and Trump maybe um, showing um, that I, I, if I understood, he actually spent maybe a third of what the Clinton Democratic Party machine spent on their election. Um, uh, and so, how do we explain that success? That success? How did mm. we get it so wrong? You know,
1: uh, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you, we're, we're clueless. Clearly, we're, well, I guess a, a sort of wish fulfillment is the way I look at it. We, you know we we just couldn't I, I certainly couldn't imagine Trump getting in either so uh, yeah um so you know I'm sure I'm sure he's blowing a big raspberry at all of us you know? yeah 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 and absolutely. and he and he is justified to do it too yeah 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 but I kind of find it interesting in some ways I was pleased that he got got in because I'm sort of interested to see what's going to happen now it's like that whole thing Chinese proverb, you may know, you live in interesting times time, we're coming yeah, up with interesting times but. But looking realistically at it, I mean, okay, so everyone's wondering and worried what, what he's going to do, but we all know the system is pretty much rigged to to, to remain in what we might call the status quo. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Republican Party will, will uh, prevail, they have prevailed, and, and their system, their, everything that they've got in place will remain, and Trump... You know, he's got his work cut out for him fighting against all that with his own, you know, big ideas. Um, just for the basic and, yeah. question of um, how does he fund all these amazing things? The, the wall, he's, he always talked about the Mexicans were going yes, to do it. Yes. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just we'll, we'll see the reality will set in, in in January, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really interesting. The um, you know that uh, whatever people expected, and everybody's still in shock. I mean, I thought it was interesting that even his. Um, uh, acceptance speech. That there was like a really noticeable um, tone yeah, down in presentation, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and be interesting whether he was already getting advice from the advisors. Like, well, well, we have wanted You need to now come out with some, you know, conciliatory, uh, yeah. you know, uh, start building some bridges and mend the fences yeah. and blah blah blah. You need um, to take it seriously and it, take basically. this sort of a bit seriously, or right. whether. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, ultimately, is he just a, a, an, a an extraordinary actor that's able to, you know, um, you know, uh, basically pitch in the right way? So when he was out on the hustings, he was, you know, I mean, the best way to get, um, obviously, free media and organic traffic like he mm. did on the scale he did was mm. just be as controversial as all get out. And mm. so this stuff was reported. Um, he didn't have to pay for any of that. Um, you know just by, by virtue of being controversial. Um, now, now, do we get a different Trump who's like well, okay, um, and, and I, I and I think one view which you know might might be close to the mark will be uh, for better or for worse that you know uh, is this now really America uh, Inc. America Incorporated that he really basically runs it um, like like the Trump organization that he's out he there as try. a CEO. Yeah, CEO sure he will try. I'm and, sure he will
1: try. Yeah, make decisions by decree
0: and just go and recruit people that will do the job, whatever the job is, and you know um, you just put those people in place.
1: Well, you know? that's why I. Said- it's going to be interesting he will try to do that but whether the Republican Party whether the system will let him you know it's yeah. another question and yeah. you know we'll, we'll yeah, have just to wait and to see. To see yeah yeah <sighs>
0: Russ, are you
1: feeling swamped? I am so swamped, I just can't believe it. It's time for a new adventure. I think you're right. Yeah. A new adventure in pop culture. A new adventure in pop
0: culture. About feeling swamped.
1: But I mean, that was an important issue this week. But the more important um, thing that happened, of course, was Leonard Cohen died this week. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, yeah, that's yeah, more important.
0: important. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's been. Um, uh, uh actually you've has there been a year where we've had maybe more sort of? I don't think so. Yeah, icons that die. I can think yeah, of, no. yeah. Been yeah, a few yeah. of them. Yeah, I guess as we've moved into the um, you know, those sixty and seventies baby boomers, that um, I guess yeah, yeah, we're heading we're heading to that that stage. where quite a few of them are going to be. Well, we can know, certainly
1: line them all up, up. you know, yeah, all all the members yeah, yeah. of the Rolling Stones, Stones for, and for example. What's left of the Beatles and <laughs> yeah, Bob? Yeah. It goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Leonard, he was um, he had an interesting career, didn't he? I mean, he was in very much contemporary of Bob. Bob and um, seen as like a, um, yeah. a a poor man's version of Bob in some ways, but um, he had his own style. I saw I saw him at Broad Laver a yeah, couple I years back. Yeah, I never got to see him live, and, but I'm, um, I'm told
0: was fantastic. He was. And yeah.
1: the yeah. funny thing about him, everyone always complained about his singing, his voice. Um, you know, it could be pretty croaky. But then look at Bob. But yes. but yeah. as he got older, it just mellowed, and it began became quite an amazing. Instrument, you know, instrument, but, amazing yeah, tool, yeah. and um, at the concert, you know, he just sounded fantastic. His singing yeah.
0: was awesome. I don't know. I, I in some of the um, yeah postmortems and 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 know, yeah, um yeah, yeah, you know postmortems on on his death that um I heard a, lot, a number of people refer to that he almost kind of really stumbled into. I guess, sort of a music career, more than um, having really been a, a, a novelist, yeah. a writer and thinker, yeah, yeah. Um, but finding that despite often lots of critical acclaim, mm. um, was getting very little traction in terms yeah, of actual yeah, yeah, yeah. sales or making a living. And I think it was actually a, a, a publisher friend that actually encouraged him um, of like, look, why, why don't you put some of your verse to music and, um, yeah, yeah. and got him to – Sort of think about that stuff. Uh, really, quite quite late on in in his yeah, life. Sort of yeah. already in his mid thirties or yeah, something. By the time yeah. he began to do that, yeah, he's,
1: yeah he's- that seemed to be the way he lived his life. I mean, at yeah. some point, then he decided he was a Buddhist, and 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 I don't know he 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 basically spent quite a few years. In hiding in Tibet or somewhere, or he right. just in hibernation, sort of learning to be a, a you know a Buddhist, yes. and just gave away the whole music industry, and then More came back that. in the last ten or so years. Yeah. So he's had an interesting life, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um That's yeah. been a life well lived, by the sound of things. Um yeah. You know, there's so many things you can say about him. I mean, famously, you know, he mentions in in the Chelsea Hotel, Chelsea yeah, hotel, hotel number two. He mentions yes. that yeah. line about Janis Joplin giving him head. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, what we're asking. I mean, I've got a number of anecdotes about him that I can think of um personal ones I suppose. There was a magazine, a really good British magazine called The Word. You ever see that? No. Oh, no I, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. uh, now defunct, but I remember about 10 years ago I, I was looking through my local news and seeing the usual faces on all these rock magazine covers, um you know, with Mojo, there'd be Bob Dylan, there'd be John all these great guys, yeah, sure, but the, the usual cool icons um um, Kurt Cobain, and this one magazine had a picture of, on the cover of Leonard, Leonard Cohen. Cohen. I yeah, thought,
2: well, wow,
1: yeah, how yeah, audacious to yeah. put good old Lenny on the cover! I'm going to buy this magazine. Of course, it was the Word magazine, and right. that's how I first discovered it because they right. were prepared to, to do that. The, yeah. The, yeah. Had a great interview with him. He talked about his songwriting um, approach. He, he apparently um, spent a lot of time, right? You know, just just he would spend a lot of time on on a particular song. Yeah, of a song yeah. like hallelujah it took him years apparently to write to get all those
0: and it is verses. an extraordinary extraordinary um um song come come you know verse um you know it, it,
1: but that was part of his method i mean yeah. he,
0: apparently and he talked about
1: having a conversation with Bob Dylan about that how um about, about writing songs and talking about how it would Sometimes takes him years, and Bob was amazed and appalled because you know Bob would often fire off songs in in an afternoon,
2: whereas with
1: Leonard, I mean the thing he would say was, you know, you've got to give songs time to breathe and give them time, and eventually they will yield, which I thought was a really nice. Quote yeah, songs, yeah. You, you know, work on them long enough, and let them sit in the back of your brain for long enough, they will
0: yield the meaning. Well, a, v- a very um yeah, Buddhist approach to songwriting. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Know,
1: um, yeah. I think the, the first song I ever heard of his on the radio it would have been back in the 70s, doing my homework to to Triple R, and this song yeah. came on. And I was just knocked out. It was um, Suzanne. Yes, yeah, touched yeah. her perfect body. Yeah. Um, what a great song! And that's that was the, my um, introduction to um, good old Lenny. Do you yeah. have any anecdotes like that?
0: No, What no. was the first song you ever heard of his? Would you say? Oh uh, uh, no, it was introduced actually by by a school friend to um uh, to, to Bird on a Wire, Bird on oh, okay. the Wire, and yep. um. um um, and it's sort of interesting, I mean, for, yeah, for whatever, yeah. It's got, I mean, having already been a big Bob Dylan fan at that point, yeah. Um, yeah so we're always very aware of, uh, of Leonard Cohen and of this audacious talent. Um, but I, I still don't. I'm, I'm yeah. quite sure I don't have any albums of yeah. his at all. Well, it know?
1: could be an acquired taste. I mean, he could yeah. be very lugubrious. Yeah. Um, Um, We haven't even touched on his later stuff. First, we take Manhattan, and and, I mean, there was a whole album that that a whole bunch of artists um, recorded. uh, I'm your fan. Yep. Yep. People like REM and and Patti Smith, I think, contributed. So he was clearly very well known and and well respected. um, uh, Clearly, you weren't so much of a fan. I'm I'm taking it, but no. um, But um, but
0: uh, yeah, but um, yeah, like even with um, I, I I think whether it's on that album, but like I mean, like some of the versions say of um. You know, Hallelujah, like a yeah, particularly the K.D. Lang version and also the Tim Buckley version are just um, um, fantastic.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, and, did inspire some great yeah, cover versions was, for sure. Uh, I actually never did a cover version, but with my Grover's Mill, I did do a song that sort of tipped the hat to him about that, especially. Yeah. The cliche that um, listening to Leonard Cohen records was a bit like sort of you get the get the razor blades. <laughs> he had that reputation for a little while, yeah, that yeah, lugubrious, yeah. depressive sort of person. And uh, I did a song called Angry Young Man, and um, here it is. Yep. In salute to you, Leonard, um,
0: we hardly knew ye. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Leonard. Let go.
2: It's hard. One time I had a true lover, but she was only faking and she found herself another. But I could take most of anything when she was still around, but on that day, all my world just came tumbling down. down, down, down. So. My life that is so lonely, man, my life that is so hollow Play some Leonard Cohen, take some races and I swallow my life is so lonely, man. My life is so hard. I play some Ltdный go and take some raises and that's will My life is so lonely, man. My life is so hard. I play some Ltdный go and take some raises and that's won't. We'll do itfloor in the fight another day. We'll do itloor in other days. We'll fight another day. Everybodyays
0: So yeah no that that was Leonard but I think that um you know it I mean I th- I think further to what you were saying about we live in interesting times and we certainly do Russ, that um Um, it's been really an extraordinary sort of 12 months on a whole lot of levels and um, what brings that to mind to me is actually the um, you know the extraordinary Cubs victory in the World Series and I mean but on the back of you know, Leicester City winning the English Premier League last year. Um, you you then have um, mm. the, the Western Bulldogs, Aka, Footscray winning the AFL yeah, yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. The Cubs for the first time in whatever it is, 90, yeah, whatever. Two, odd, 1908. Get, get the date um, right, mate. You know, um, is pretty extraordinary. And D- Donald Trump winning as well. <laughs> I mean, what's out there in the air? I mean, like all these sorts of um, ne- never-to-be-seen-again moments that have happened in an extraordinary 12 months. It's yeah, been the it's, year of the underdog. But very much the year of the underdog um, in in a really yeah, really unusual had, sort of way. I hadn't know. connected those dots, but yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah, you are just, absolutely right. Just
0: something, something in the air there. So, so hope, hopefully that gives people, if nothing else, despite the Trump victory, um, but it hopefully gives people um, hope <laughs> that, um, that that um, that, it, that even in, in 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 a world of um, you know uh, <coughs> corporate interests and mass media and yeah. um, and, and and all of that, um, but that none of this stuff is a foregone conclusion. That yeah, that um, yeah. that. You know, individuals and and teams are still able to you know upset the odds. I mean, you know, I mean, even in terms of the Cubs, of actually coming back three one. I mean, it's like it's sort of written in the stars kind of thing. And it you know, runs, yeah. um, and then to take it to the whatever it was, the eleventh innings or w- w- whatever in in the final game, it's just yeah. wild. I mean, yeah. you, you know, fiction writers wouldn't be out. You wouldn't be able to write this stuff. You know,
1: no, um, no, but you know. it has definitely been a long time coming. Yeah. The only the only disappointing thing for me as a Giants fan of course because the Giants was, we were supposed to win this, this year um, this
0: right. the, you would have been due if, according to Camara. well
1: yeah, World yeah. Series 2010 yeah. and then yes. 2012 2014 um, yes. so you can see a pattern yes. emerging there yes. 2016 yeah. was for us yeah. but it's not interesting that the, um, the Giants San Francisco Giants lost to the Cubs in, in the finals playoffs for the, national, the national League conference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. they were the team that, that, that beat us and Fair enough. Yeah. They've had an extraordinary year because you know they had a one win loss record of about you know seventy five percent, which is yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. Um. They had an amazing year, so like, definitely best team in in both leagues anyway. I sh- I should think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. It was well deserved.
0: Yeah, without yeah. being, you know, um, a, a very knowledgeable about uh, baseball, but I mean, even that last year they already got pretty close. They really just missed yeah. it, and um, yeah. so, so clearly, yeah, you know, they they they've had a good team there. Yeah, but, yeah. But you've definitely got to do it on the day, and I know that more often than not, history weighs heavy, and yeah. um, people often trip up just for that reason alone, just the, yes. the weight of expectations and all of that, and individuals or teams will sort of, you know, often mm. choke and, yeah, um, you know, oh, not, yeah, but, that but, happens a bit. And, and it w- was appearing as if it was going to happen. Yet again, but yes. um but but so hats off to the Cubs. Um, yeah. um that was you know re- really fantastic for the people of Chicago. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. Well done, Cubbies.
0: Okay so books books are real Yeah so books are real i um, de- definitely books are real and and cool but I know that you've been a uh... A, a, a busy lad, Russ, and I've I, I've seen lots of emails back to me that um you've been submitting um, certainly one of your short stories. I think a couple the, of them, a couple of them now. Okay, yeah. So yeah. So 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 where are you where are you submitting um, these works of art, Russ? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> don't know about works of art, but yeah, yeah I've got a couple of sh- uh, short stories that I've taken from my um, novel, either oh, Time Gate. Um, one of them was the Butterfly Breeze. Um, I think we talked about that previously. I yeah. uh, submitted that to Fantasy Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction. They uh, rejected it, them right. bastards. Right. And so I, I sent it off to um, to Isaac Asimov's magazine. And, and, and how are how they rejected
0: goes. these days? Is it literally still a, a sort of a pink note that you get? Pretty you much. Get a nice letter? No, you get an it's pretty, email, much a, or... that's pretty
1: much a form email. Um, right. And usually the, the wording is, it didn't quite grab me. That, uh, well, I right. submitted another short story, um, "The Spiral Architect," to them after that, yes. and within even less than a, a week, I got a return saying the same thing, exactly okay. the same word, of thing. And I've got to say, it sort of, it, it obviously, it discourages you when when you when you get that from the same magazine or the same publishing company. Um, yeah. And you hear stories of, of writers sending in their work to the same company, same publishers time and time again and getting rejects and rejects until eventually they get accepted. Yeah. I don't have that in me to accept that. <laughs> to, keep, to keep going. I mean, my, yeah, my yeah. feeling after two knockbacks with the same yeah. form that is, I'm not sending anything else to you guys. Um, so I guess I've got the choice. There's plenty of other places I can go to. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm giving the magazine of fantasy and science fiction a bit of a miss.
0: Yeah. I guess just to sort of clarify that these were um uh in trying to get these public get get, you know, get getting your work published on on these magazines, but they, these are still uh print ma- traditional print magazines or yeah, yeah they or, do both.
1: I think right. they've got an online e- e-book right. version as well, but they actually are traditional print. Yeah. Um. I've got another story. Um.
0: How how, how do you select the magazines? I just happened be ones that you've read yourself or you've gone looking for you know, potential magazines where your work could be published or, or you're just aware of them from the, the well, magazines both. that you've well, read? Well, both. And, I mean, right.
1: magazine of yeah. fantasy and science fiction is very well known. It's yep. been around for a long time. The same with um, Isaac Asimov's and there's Analog. Yep. These are all the classic, yep. you know, original magazines that, that always were just began with print and that published all those classic authors, Asimov and so forth. Yep. So I've been aware of them anyway. And so they've just always been on the top of my my list. Yep. I mean, you, as a writer, you can get lots of lots of help and information from the internet, and, and those are some of the, the first people that they talk about, first magazines or publishers they talk
0: about. Yeah, so, yeah. particularly the so science fiction. Yeah. so it wasn't yeah.
1: hard to find them. It's yeah. actually been more interesting um, finding the more obscure ones, um, uh, like perihelion right. and so forth, which I mainly have discovered through um, the Critters site. That I've been a part of yeah. and I've talked yeah. about before. Critters have been a good resource for that. At the end of the week, they always um, send a little email to all the members um, with what they call the woohoos, which means um, the members who have actually got some of work their shorts published, to work published. Right. they give a little woohoo. This is my work that you crit- you critiqued, it's you know, helped yeah. me write a better story, and I've sent it off to this, these publishing companies, these magazines, yeah. and, and they've accepted this one, and that's what you get. And, and that's been a good way into finding. All these obscure little magazines that are out there that I didn't know about, um, yeah. like Perihelion. Um, yeah. I have another story. Well, the, the, that spiral architect story I've now sent off to Analog. Yeah.
0: And yep. see how that one goes. Yeah, which yeah, I I know even my um my daddy was a, a real um, avid you know science fiction um uh, yeah. reader and um that, yeah. yeah that's um well, yeah very much what he grew up on.
1: Well, was, he probably you know, um would have would have known it originally as this astounding science fiction that was that's its yeah, original name. Yeah,
0: because when... inf- I don't know whether they're still around, but I remember as a kid that he actually had some um some of those in 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 Portuguese. They obviously were um yeah published in in, oh, really? in, 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 they in, had, in Portugal. I mean he'd grown up they had with foreign these. language versions. Yes, of they the must magazine. have had you know um you know, quite a few oh, different wow. languages in which they were published in. But wow. I know we were talking a little bit about that off-air that, um, you know, my sense from him was always an avid reader that drove my mother insane where he'd be, you know, reading till five in the morning before then getting up at six to head off to work because he would got yeah. caught up on some science fiction story or whatever. Um, but that so much of this stuff was like periodicals that you'd pick up either at local newsstands or um, I think he was actually a subscriber to mm. some. Yeah. But they were – you know at a time we're still probably talking certainly pre television um uh, radio still very much kind of the 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 you know the main entertainment thing for people and obviously um you know reading where stories mm. certainly played a very Different part, and books were probably still relatively, yeah. um, you know, possibly expensive for people yeah. to just dabble in. But 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 these j- journals and magazines provided a relatively, mm. you know, they're, they're often you know weekly periodicals that would come out of yeah. collated stories, gave people a way into new new writers and yeah. and stuff like that. But but that almost sort of seemed to me to kind of sort of almost disappear off the map over the, the last twenty or thirty years or become very little niche kind of areas. I, mm. I might be speaking out of turn there. Maybe they're still quite popular. I don't know, um, in terms of their readership. Um but I have noticed, we were talking a bit about off air that um in in looking at a lot of things about um yeah, you know, today on, on on people trying to um, you know publish the work um, as uh, uh, through all the different independent online channels that they can access. There's a real move back now yeah, to to short stories and collected works and yeah. and, and and online magazines that seem to be really booming along.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. online um, yeah. publishers like Smash Smashwords, words um, and, yeah. you know, are booming and a are, are fabulous you know um, tool now for for writers. Yeah. Uh, there's something nice about seeing your work online. And as an as a, an ebook I find too i just i just like that electronic publishing thing anyway it's, yeah um and I think you had an interesting stat that you were telling me about, about yeah, that yeah so you, I,
0: in fact i think I got that from um i've forgotten the chap's name now but the the, the founder of smash words there's mm, a uh, he uh, on, a, Coca, on a, he's an, yeah, yeah on we'll a youtube sort of like, yeah on a youtube um um, video that introduces smash words and and for for people that are not aware of that um, he 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 was actually an author, and that was um, um, you know very much wanted to create a site that was from his point of view very author friendly and help people to um, get their work out using independent platforms people that often felt maybe stymied like your yeah, experience yeah. in writing to tr- traditional yeah. magazines and g- getting the constant rejections but it, but beyond that um, was really a sign of the times I mean he could see already. <laughs> (laughs) Um, that uh, digital content was going to be the way to go because of what was Mm. happening with the growth of the internet. And as I understood it from him, that actually it was last year in 2015 that the sales of um, uh, electronic books, um, of digital uh, books, um, uh, superseded um, uh, um, um, hard hard print copies for the the first time and very much with the trajectory clearly heading that Mm. way. I mean, I guess as um yeah the, the ever expansion of people's access to the internet um um the, you know the the a, a much cheaper um cost now for anyone to buy a a mm. basic reader yep. a kobo a, yep. a a kindle reader and you know yep. uh, even on their on their phones and so on and the plethora mm. of platforms that are out there yep. And simply that it enables so much content to get there. I mean, it's, you know, really beyond buying your basic device. And these days, you know, for basically $100, you'll get a pretty good reading device and you can basically download as many books as more books than you'll probably ever be able to read mm. at a fraction of the yeah, cost. I yeah. mean, it raises, I guess, all sorts of other it issues certainly does
1: about… It has become an issue because yeah. uh, authors are complaining yeah. that the publishers are not paying them enough, yeah. and that's yeah. and that, that makes sense. So um, that, that we, to should, that we should. And, yeah. It doesn't make sense that they're not paying us. It makes sense that we should be… Yeah, you know, complaining about it and pushing for, yeah. for
0: more because yeah. we should be getting more. Yeah, yeah. Whether well, then that becomes sort of a race to the bottom, that it's a lot easier for people to. Well, I, I guess let's sort of backtrack a little bit. I mean, it's clearly a lot easier for people to get their work out. You can mm. circumvent um, traditional publishing and basically self-publish yep. um, on all different platforms, of which Smashwords is only one. And there are, you know, yep. there's um, you know, draft to digital and a whole range of other ones outside yep. of yep. you know Amazon that yep. people are certainly familiar with. Um, so, so getting your work out there is relatively easy to do a whole, yep. again, we were talking about, there's a whole lot of other issues around being able to format that and learning how to really, uh, do that well. And, you know, still getting your work, um, you know, proofread and, um, and getting a good editor and getting a good cover to be able to promote your book, learning all about SEO and how to market your books—a whole other world in itself. Yeah. But bottom line is, you can get it out there. Yeah. However, from what I, from the little bit that I've been around, is, I mean, given that people can download most of these books for you know less than a dollar or whatever online, I mean, how many books does somebody need to sell to be able to make you know any kind of living from yeah. you know from their work? It's that same old issue that we talked about before the whole long tail issue
1: comes up here again. I mean, it's okay. We've democratized, um, the, the job of the writer. Um, uh, everyone, anyone can do it now, but, um, that means there's lots of crap out there too. It's same with music, um, yeah. and other art forms, but, um, you can get your, lots more stuff out there, but, um, it's still the, the popular stuff is, is what people have time for. We yeah. don't have much yeah. time beyond that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, it's nice to have it out there, but, um, yeah, but I'm I'm a little bit sort of skeptical as to how much success financially we can make out of it, um, and we need to think seriously about why we're doing it too. Um, so I mean, maybe the, the, these aggregators like Smashwords and so forth um, are going to make a difference for us and and give us a niche where we can actually be if we're successful and, and sell our work. And obviously we need to become more more entrepreneurial as writers, but um, yeah, it's still very uncertain for me. To me, it, you know, it's nice to be able to get the work out there, but I'm not really holding my breath as far as you know getting um a big Hollywood movie yeah. one of my
0: books. Yeah, I, anytime
1: well, soon. Yeah, I think we could do something with that, louie Rui, Rui, Rui. louie you, Dewey. Would you like Dewey? Yeah. Dewey. So we're talking about God. <laughs> okay,
0: The swamp. So that's what you've been reading and writing, Russ, but what have you actually been watching?
1: Uh, well, I've watched four films this last fortnight, wow. um, which is a bit of a record for me. I don't normally watch so many, um, but the four of them, just in case you're really on the edge of your seat wondering what Absolutely. they are, um, Toy Story 3, <laughs> All right. The Apartment, Yep. Um, Doctor Strange, which is the most recent one, uh, just come out. In the last few weeks, yes, it's saw that
0: the movies, obviously, yeah,
1: and then an, an old classic, um, Star Wars: the
0: Wrath of Khan, right? Which is which is what number in the in the famous that's two, uh, two, that's and, the second uh, As you've told me before, it's all the even ones that are really good. It's that's the, right, yeah, it's except, the odd ones to avoid, <laughs>
1: except the last one, um, right. Star Trek Ten, um, what was it called, um.
0: Hmm. Anyway, Star Trek 10
1: was not very good. It (laughs) it featured um, a character who was supposed to be Jean-Luc Picard's son. Um, Well, it was
0: so good that we both went to see it, and actually I don't remember the title either. Yeah,
1: well, um, we knew he was Jean-Luc's son because he was bald. That's right. Right? That's how we knew. That was the dead giveaway, yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't very good. But the others, um, certainly the second one I just saw – Wrath of Khan, and the eighth one, um, The First Contact, they were probably the two best ones, I would say, of them. Um, It was interesting watching that again because um, I watched it with the the commentary by the director, Nicholas Meyer, and he had some interesting things to say. Um, I mean, certain things that I didn't even – it didn't even occur to me in the few, first few times I'd seen it. There's, there's the first scene when we meet Khan, as played by Ricardo Montalban, brilliantly played by him, by yeah. the way. Um, he takes off um, a glove. There's... It's, it's, bit of business where he just takes off. He's got two, two two gloves on. He takes off one of the gloves, but he doesn't take the other one off, the right hand glove. And, and the question noticed, is, yeah, and I never know. Yeah. But 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 the director says, why do we? Why did why did he not take off the other one? And he doesn't give you the answer. He leaves it up to us to decide. But since he's been living on this this very harsh planet, my guess is he's handed gotten into Infected some accident or and, and or was awful horribly mutated or something. or something he doesn't right. he doesn't want to show it that's yeah. my guess but yeah, yeah, just yeah. that little detail there uh, never occurred to me before. Yeah. Um, he had some interesting things to say about the actors. Um, uh, Montalban uh, the big question about him if you recall Who has seeing, passed
0: away now too hasn't he? I, I think, think he has yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean he's sporting this very um, very virile looking chest In the, we often have, you've got this open chest sort of look um, and the question has always been is that his Real chest, and apparently, the answer <laughs> yeah. is yes, right? Yeah, because yeah. um, apparently, he used to work out quite a bit, yeah. so that's one of those big unanswered questions. Finally, answered well, yeah. For I, mean, you. I
0: remember him from lots of sort of B grade westerns, and um, um, I got a feeling he used to actually even used to be in you might remember High Chaparral in the 70s. No, and, um, you're no. thinking
1: of um, that, that's a different actor, I know. Right. You're thinking okay. of the one who played
0: Manolito, <laughs> that's right, but no, Someone wrong actor, Darren yeah. or something. Or other. So he's then, I must have only met him on Fantasy Island, I think, yeah, and, um, yeah, 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 but, um, but he's. Definitely been yeah, lots of sort of B grade movies. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. But 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 yeah, I, I um I, I agree that he, his um he, his role in in the Wrath of Khan is yeah. really good. Yeah. Well, he,
1: apparently um he was uncertain about how to play the role, and uh, Nicholas Meyer, because this was the, only the second film he would ever directed, he was he's still a young guy, only about twenty four or five. Right you know and he had his own doubts about whether he'd be able to direct these big name actors like william shatner you know that, yeah. that he had the authority of. with Montalban, Montalban was very open to any suggestions he had you know and he yeah. was able to you know and the main thing was that the Montalban was sort of overacting a bit at at first and then he was basically able to tell him to scale totally it down, down a bit, a bit you, you be that, quiet yeah. you know you you're this threatening Psychopathic character, and the best way to play him is playing him quiet. Yeah, that, that's scarier than, than going overboard. Yeah, you don't need. You know, to... you have to pick
0: your moments when you when you go overboard. But that's interesting in itself that you're saying um, that the director was about 24, 25 at that time. That's yep. um, a pretty heavy responsibility to be given, you know, a major film and a major studio film and the sort of budget and I actors know. that go with it. so, what what was his sort of claim to fame? How did he Well, he would written that?
1: a novel, and I think it was a Nine Percent Solution or something like that. Um, uh, sort of where where Sherlock Holmes meets Sigmund Freud. Right. Um, It was a very um, famous and very um, successful novel. He'd written that a couple of years before and got a film made out of it. And so he was known from that. Right. Um, And he also happened to know how to have a good friend who happened a woman who happened to be one of the. a producers at Paramount, you know, so he had a bit of a... It was yeah, an
0: inside sort of help to... People
1: he knew, to, you, yeah, you know, yeah, so, um, and so... It's all she, but an connected world, you know. It's not what you know, it's not who you yeah, know sort of thing. Yeah. But but he had yeah. the talent there, yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah. And look, he delivered. I mean, he delivered certainly well, one he, of the better right. better Star Trek films. That's so. right. He had
1: one film under his belt yeah. time after time before that, which was also fairly successful. It's a pretty nice little film too, yeah. which features... Um, he seemed to like these combinations. He had... Um, That was um H. G. Wells and Jack the Ripper. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. Played by um, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So um, – and he had some interesting comments to say about William Shatner too. I mean this whole thing about directing actors and getting them to underplay The, the main thing with, with Shatner being such an egomaniac, um, you know, he would do his own thing and it wasn't much he felt he could do about that. But he, but he found that his acting got better the more takes he had to, had to do. The reason being <laughs> because he got bored. Right. And so instead of, you know, being a ham and overplaying – He would just he slowly
0: would just, kind of wind back down had, and lose some of that energy. Yeah, and he would he just, he'd and just toss up. The, yeah. the line
1: or whatever you know yeah. oh, I don't care come anymore out
0: that much more better because yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but
1: there's no doubt I mean yeah. his acting in that film yeah. is particularly good yeah you know, I think he surprised a lot of people, William Shatner, with that film. But a lot of it is down, to I think, to um, Meyer's direction. direction. He makes a, a point about one particular scene with this, where the scene where there's a big standoff between um, the Enterprise and um, Khan's ship where, where um, Khan has basically attacked the, the Enterprise and they're sort of decimated and, and he's trying to get them to surrender and uh, um, Kirk um, – he's trying to store for time basically and um and what he's trying to do is basically get the the um the encryption codes for the other ship so that he can lower the shields and so that they the the enterprise can attack yep. his ship yep. and so at one point um Khan you know impatiently says come on come on um give give me surrender now give me the information and and then uh, Shatner says here it comes, and that's the line. But that apparently is the line in particular that where Maya had to do, have him do at least ten takes before he got because yeah, he kept, kept telegraphing the line.
0: Here it comes, um, yep, yep, you know, yep. and
1: and Karn's not not a silly person. He, he would he would
0: have caught those cues. So yeah, so he just wanted to do it in a much more kind of deadpan way. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and yeah. so it took
1: about the tenth take before you get get right. the right reading in that right. particular scene. Right. It was one that he
0: really pointed out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really good film. And then why the apartment? Just that, um, why did you go down that track? Having which seems sort of out of place with these. Um, well, great, I'd great seen great the film. film. I'd yeah. seen the
1: film before. Yeah. Um, Billy Wilder directed yeah. with Jack Lemmon and um, Shirley MacLaine. Um, and so it was
0: just. Uh, yeah, just great to, to yeah.
1: great to see it again. Yeah. Really, and, yeah. and in
0: fact, and Gene Wilder also passed away this year, earlier this year, wasn't it, or was it last Gene year? Gene Wilder,
1: yeah. you you think this is Billy Wilder? The Sorry, yeah. Gene yeah, Wilder was Willy Wonka. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're related. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but but the apartment's just a beautiful film. Um. Yeah. Black and white. Um. It's nice to sort of um renew my crush on the short-haired um, young Shirley MacLaine. Oh, I was
0: going to. Say, I thought you were going to say um, J- um, Jack, Jack Lemmon. Um,
1: yeah. Oh right, yeah. well, he was a beautiful man yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Let's face it. Um, but the interesting thing about the film is it's not really comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really quite a realist. In fact, I was reading um one of the reviews in one of my movie encyclopedias about it, and um it's described as the last of his realist films, you know, in, realist in yeah. inverted commas. Because, I mean, at, at the heart of the story, Shirley, Shirley MacLaine's character tried to commit suicide in the apartment. Yeah. Um, and and Jack Lemon's characters, you know, trying to save her. Um, And the whole setup is that he's letting these high-priced executives use his apartment to have these romantic trysts away from their wives and he's hoping this will... Um, help him um, along with with his job where he works in a, insurance, a very big insurance company. He's yeah. hoping this will help him uh, climb the corporate ladder, basically, and it does. Yeah. Um, so that's the setup. Um, and interestingly, that setup, I, I believe, because um, Wilder, Wilder wrote the script with a fellow called IAL Diamond, they both also wrote um, Some Like It Hot. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure they got the idea for this from Tony Curtis, because I read uh, Curtis's right. autobiography um, a little while ago and he talks about – because, of course, he was in some Like a Hot. He played yeah, – um, yeah. what was the character's name? It was Daphne and um, – yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah
0: but he was the offside to, to but Jack But he Clement, apparently yeah, – yeah. I'm not sure how
1: yeah. it works out, but he yeah. had a had an apartment in real life where she had – which he was – Letting um, yeah. um, other guys come in to have their little romantic trysts, All right. and he must have told Wilder about this, and Wilder used that as the basis for the apartment for the plot
0: line. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, so look, Jack, I can definitely see why you would see The Apartment and Jack Lemmon. Oh uh, yeah, um, that was yeah. the best
1: of the four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Point, I'm gonna I'm, I'll put it on later the name of the director and the actors because I can't remember them, but yeah, yeah. so they, I sound authoritative, you know, <laughs> yeah, of, yes. I don't have a fucking clue, but I don't care, I'm, I'm yeah. But, yeah, I'm a oh. professional dickhead, I'm swamped, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, it's been an interesting week. It it has an, an interesting week and an interesting year, Russ. But um, year ho- year year of the underdog. The year of the underdog. I think that um this this is our an episode as a homage to the underdogs of two thousand and sixteen.
1: I, I guess um yeah I guess Leonard Cohen was also an underdog in his own way. We in his own way. Him,
0: that's you? that's 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 right. So hallelujah, and um uh, uh we look forward to meeting you again next week.
1: Yeah. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye.